Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today we conclude a series that we've entitled Grow, but we're not just concluding this series because Grow we have chosen as our word for the year. It's time to grow. Can I hear a good amen? In every areas of our life, we need to, to grow, and we're believing for growth. I mean, I'm believing for growth in my life and certain things, and, and not only in my life, in our church. How many of you believe our church needs to grow so we can reach our community? I'm believing for growth in your family, and I'm not talking about more kids. It's, come on, I'm talking about just growth and wisdom and knowledge and, and better marriages and better parenting. I, I want to grow. And I just want to encourage you, next week we start our XO series, the relationship series. And I'm going to tell you, there are some groundbreaking, game-changing messages that I have. Um, and, and every once in a while, they're just boom. They're, and I'm going to tell you, don't miss next week, okay? Don't miss next week. Some of the biggest areas that we struggle in is in relationships. Relationships. And it's interesting to me that as we talk about relationships, the people who struggle the most are the ones that don't want to learn. They don't want to learn. They don't want the wisdom. Get some wisdom and understanding in relationships. But I just feel like next week, and I don't want to tell you what it's going to be about, but I just feel like we don't talk about enough what I'm going to talk about next week. Don't miss next week. And if you have a friend, invite him and bring it. It's going to be a great time. I promise I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to shock you or anything like that. But it's going to be a great time. And, but today we're going to just finish this series on growth that we've been talking about in this month. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says, Speaking the truth of love that you may grow up in all things unto who? Unto him who is the head of Christ. This series and this year, I'm hoping that you will be more like Christ. Because if you are more like Jesus, then you will grow. You will grow. And we're focusing on spiritual growth the month of January and then February, relationship growth, March. We're going to talk about finances and uh, but I really want to focus on the inward growth because we said that, that really growth starts from the inside out and a lot of people in the new year and it's already February. Oh, I hope you're growing. It's February. And here's the truth. A lot of us spend time and so much energy on external changes and those are good. Those will make your life better, but it's only the spiritual life and only God can make our lives new. Can I hear a good amen today? And so because real change, Change does really go from the inside out. And we've been making you a bold promise. It's a bold promise. And this is what we would, we've been saying. 2019 will be your best year of your life if, if it's your best year spiritually. And not that you're not going to have circumstances or situations that are going to come and be contrary. No, that's not the thing. But you're going to be better equipped to fight those in those areas. And let me just, again, this year we're going to be talking about fighting some spiritual battles. And so many of us are fighting spiritual battles in natural realms and we're losing and we need to know how to fight spiritually. So we're really excited about that because we really believe that, you know, when your spirit life gets better, everything else gets better. And uh, I really believe it's God's desire for you to grow. God created growth. You are wired to grow. So let's grow. How many of you want to grow? Are you ready? 
Turn in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 5, verse 33. And today I want to talk to you about a parable that Jesus was telling to his disciples and some Pharisees. And it was really about growth. And let me just give you a little context of Luke chapter 5, verse 33. Jesus is, is sitting, eating with his disciples. There's sinners there. And they're eating and, and, and drinking. And uh, Jesus, in that day, um, there had Pharisees. And these Pharisees were... Um, they, they, they practice religious um, things externally, but to be honest with you, they weren't really concerned with, um, with inward integrity. They were all about outward appearances. They preached the law. They taught the law, but they were also enforced the law. The Pharisees um, were very judgmental. And so I want to paint a picture for you this morning that Jesus is sitting there and he's talking, just having a good time with his disciples. And here come the Pharisees. Have you found Luke chapter five, verse 33? It says this, then they said to him, now this is the Pharisees talking. Then they said to him, why do the disciples of John, he's talking about John the Baptist. Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, those Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And he said to them, can and you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them. Jesus is talking here. But the days will come when the bridegroom, he's talking about himself here, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away, then they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them. He said, no one puts a piece of new garment on an old one, otherwise the new one makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled. And the wineskins would be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Let me say that again. New wine must be put into what? New wineskins. And both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new. For he says the old is better. Today, what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about becoming a new wineskin so God can pour in some new wine into our lives. Now, the Pharisees approach Jesus and they have this question about fasting. Now, I'm going to tell you, the Pharisees are always trying to set up Jesus. And this question really wasn't about fasting. Fasting. Now, what you need to know about the Pharisees is not only did they preach the law, but they added men's traditions and new layers to the law. And actually, even those new traditions that they man made traditions that they added, they could not keep themselves, right? And so the truth was, is they were asking Jesus, why don't you follow our traditions, right? And so the, the thing was, is that if, if we're going to grow, I think one of the things we need to know, we know, need to know the difference between right man's traditions and God's truth. Let me say that again. We need to know the difference between man's traditions and God's truth. Why? Because truth is sacred. Traditions are not. Now, nobody told me this growing up in church, so I thought a lot of things that we did as traditions were things that we had to do, like having two and a half hour services on a Sunday when I went to church. Right? Because it was just our, the services go long. Oh, and if it's not long, it's not good. That's not true. 
God can do something in a moment. Can I hear a good amen? Now, I love, don't get me wrong. When God is moving and things are happening, man, I love long services. But you know what? If nothing's happening and the preacher's just long-winded, let's go home right? But just, and, and we can have these traditions. Oh, Pastor Phil, you know, I came to Passion Life Church and there was no stained glass windows. There was no pews. Every church that I've gone to when I've grown up, there was pews and stained glass windows. You know, those are all just men's traditions. I would rather sit in one of these uh, than sit in a pew. But in reality, that's really here nor there. But we can make traditions out of things that really have nothing to do with the truth of God's word. And we need to realize the difference. Because really, truth is sacred, right? But traditions are not. I, I like to say it this way. Listen, methods change, but the message never changes, right? We may change the way we do different things, lighting and different things like that. But you know what? It's the message that is sacred. Can I hear a good amen today? But truth is sacred. Traditions are not. Here's another thing. Truth will free you. When you know truth, it'll free you. But traditions will lock you up. Traditions will put you into a cage. There are some people that they are so religious and deep in tradition. And you know what? It really has nothing to do with God. But the Bible says when you know the truth, truth sets people free, not tradition. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not interested in just having a bunch of traditions that come from man. I want my traditions to come from the truth of the word of God. But truth is freeing. Traditions will keep you locked up. And Here's really the reality of this is truth comes from God, but transitions, uh, uh, traditions just come from men. Traditions can just come from men. And what the Pharisees were doing is they were putting more traditions. The law said to fast, right, a certain amount. But what was happening was the Pharisees were putting more. Now we need to do it more. They were trying to add. And so what the Pharisees were doing is they were telling Jesus, hey, look, Okay, look here, we're fasting. John the Baptist's disciples are fasting. And over here, look at you and your disciples. You're all eating. I don't know if you've ever fasted. And uh, fasted, fasting is not for the point of trying to twist God's arm to have him do something. Fasting is really that you look at areas of your life and say, these must decrease. And you actually, you decrease them, maybe that with food. A lot of times I, I fast on Saturdays because I'm preparing for today. I'm in the word of God. And it's not, honestly, sometimes it's not even an intentional fast. It's um, I'm so in the word, so in prayer that I start at nine o'clock. And by the time I'm finished, you know, it may be six or seven o'clock and just reading. And I haven't eaten the whole day, just spent the time in the word. And to be honest with you, I may have some hunger pains, but my spirit is so full. And that's what it is. It's really denying yourself things so you can get more of God. And let me say it this way. A lot of times what it is too is turning down the noise in your life so you can turn up God's voice, right? And so I don't, I don't advise fasting if you're not going to pray, right? Fasting and just not eating is, is that's called a diet. But fasting is for the purpose of, hey, if I'm not going to eat, I'm going to pray. I'm going to feast on this. I'm going to feast on some spiritual food, right? And I'm going to deny myself. And some people fast social media, and I think it's good. Take 21 days and don't get on social media. Don't get on Facebook and then face the book. Come on, somebody. Your life will be changed. And I'll tell you, you'll have more peace in your life. But basically, they are, and I don't know if you've ever been fasting, and then somebody else is eating, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. 
this is not fair. And this is kind of what their approach with Jesus was, is like, hey, you're over here eating, and you're eating with sinners, and, and, uh, and we are fasting. What's the deal? And what Jesus is really going to talk to them about and talk to us today about is that Jesus came to bring something new. Jesus came to change things up. And basically what he was telling them is, is this. Look, when the bridegroom is here and his disciples were right there, why are they going to fast when Jesus is right in front of them? Right? Jesus is right in front of them. And so when Jesus is right in front of them, they're sitting, they're hearing from him. But he's talking about there's going to be a time where the bridegroom is going to go. Jesus is going to go. And you know what? We're going to need to push other things aside. We're going to have to have uh, things in our life come to decrease. But this passage points out three responses to change. Now, Jesus is going to bring a whole bunch of change. I'm going to go through it in just a little bit. But see, the, the Pharisees always responded when Jesus came to change things. They responded this way. They refused to change. They refused to change. And that's one of the responses to change. No, I ain't going to change. Man, we've been doing it like this for years. This is how my marriage has always been. Well, how's it working for you, buddy? We've always done it this way. I've always done it that way. And this is what the Pharisees was. We love our traditions more than we love the truth. The Pharisees were like, we are the keepers and the enforcers of the law. And Jesus was like, I came to fulfill the law. Who? there's a change. But they refused Jesus. Here's another response to change. You know, the Pharisees mentioned John the Baptist's disciples who were, um, I would say, reluctant to change. What does that mean? John the Baptist was called to prepare the way for Jesus. Here comes the, right, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And his, his disciples were also fasting. But this was interesting to even their, their disciples because they saw Jesus eating. And they're like, hold on, here we are, we're fasting. Yeah, you are fasting to prepare the way for Jesus. But listen, Jesus is here. He's here. And so they had more of a reluctancy to change. And that's how some people respond to change. I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just reluctant. But then you have Jesus' disciples who were ready to change, right? When Jesus called them, they said, when he said, follow me, man, they left their jobs and they said, we are going to follow you. And not that the disciples were perfect, right? I mean, a lot of them messed up. But initially, they were ready to do something different. And let me ask you a question. How do you, can you you put that back up, please. How do you respond to change? This is very important. Are you somebody that refuses change? And I know, listen, change is hard sometimes. It's hard, but it's necessary to have everything that God wants you to have. How you respond to change is so important. Are you somebody that refuses change, that you're reluctant, or you are ready for change in your life? Because listen, you can't be all three. You can only be one. Are you ready? Are you ready for change? And I wonder how this describes you. I wonder which one describes you. How do you respond to change, right? Because if you don't respond to change well, you may miss out on what God has for you. Because in your life, you're so accustomed to doing things the same way over and over and over again that you could miss out when God has something for you. Because you cannot, listen, my church family, you cannot have growth without change. You can't. You can't have growth without change. Now watch. 
Here are the keepers of the law, right? The enforcers of the law. And here comes Jesus. What is Jesus coming to do? He's coming to fulfill the law and he's coming to bring grace and truth. Here is a law system, people with a law mind. And here comes Jesus, not only to fulfill the law, but to start giving grace. You know what that took in people's minds? If they were gonna respond to the grace of God, that means that they had to change. Come on, somebody say change. It's interesting to me though. It's interesting to me how people want the blessing of God, but they don't want to change. Let me say that again. It's interesting to me how people want the blessing of God. Oh, bless me. Okay, there's going to have to be a change. I don't want to change. I want my marriage to get better. Guess what? You're going to have to. Come on, say it. I want to be closer to God. Guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to. I want my finances to increase. You're going to have to change. And I know it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating. But listen, here is the answer to your frustration. It's right on the screen. I came to bring a good word to you. It's time to change. It's time to change. That's, that's the answer. I know. I know it's not easy. Oh, but it's so beneficial. And so what Jesus does, as he often did, is he starts responding to these, these um, uh, Pharisees, and he starts talking to his disciples, and he talks in a story. And he talks in a parable, and I think we can learn a lot today about change. And so Jesus is going to talk, and he's going to help us understand that there was an old way of thinking, an old way of doing things, but there's also Jesus came to bring some new thoughts. Jesus came to bring grace. He came to bring some new wine. Now Jesus starts and he says this in this parable. He says, no one puts a new piece of garment on an old one because it will tear. He says, no one puts a new piece of garment on an old one. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on, Jesus. I have done this. I have done this. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you my favorite shorts. These are my favorite, all right? These are my favorite. I love them. They're preppy, kind of edgy, <laughs> right? It's really cool, right? Because if you don't know a lot about me, just look at this. Like, this is like my person. This is just me, all in shorts. And I put on, and I, I wear these, and my wife's like, you can't wear that shirt. You can't, Phil, you can't put a pattern on a pattern. <laughs> I'm like, all right, and I'll put on another shirt. And then she's like, Polka dots is a pattern. You can't put polka dots on these shorts, right? And they look like they just have all these different pieces of material on them. Now, these are actually my favorite shorts, but these are not my original favorite shorts because my original favorite shorts that looked exactly like these shorts are in the garbage because I wore them so much that they were holy, they actually had holes in different places to the point where I just wear them all the time. And my wife was like, Phil, I went in our room and your shorts are standing on the bed by themselves. You wore them so much that they could stand up by themselves. And they literally had, she would see me walking. She goes, you got, okay, so, so we're all grown ups here, but I had holes. And so she would come and pinch me in the holes, right? And I'm like, hey, and she's like, you got holes there. I got no care. We're at home. And then she caught me one time, yeah. 
I, I went out with, with my holy shorts. And she's like, I can't believe you went out with these shorts and they have holes in them. And I'm like, they're my favorite shorts. You know why they're my favorite shorts? Because they are comfortable, right? How many of you today have some article of clothing that you love to wear? Come on, a sweatshirt or a shirt. Anybody? Come on, that you love to wear the, the sweats, right? Hopefully it's not underwear. Hopefully you change that out. But um, I know, I, 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 never mind. Okay, so. You have this article, and let's be honest, it's just comfortable. I, I just love it. It's comfortable, and I'm going to be honest with you. These shorts had sentimental value because we've gone on vacation, and I have worn these shorts at some of the greatest beaches that I've been to. So they, they, it's, like, it's like sentimental value to this, right? And they're soft. I'll let you feel it after service if you want, right? <laughs> I mean, they're just soft. I love them. They're very, very comfortable. And so I tried to come up with a solution, and I said, can't we just sew some patches on them? She's like, okay. So we, I literally had my favorite shorts and had different patches. Now, here's the cool thing. This thing already looks like it has patches. But the patches I put on there, you could tell they were patches. But they were new patches. And Jesus was trying to make a point. Jesus was saying that you could take a new garment right? You could take a new patch and you can put it on something old. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you that patch lasted for maybe a month, but the shorts continued to rip. And to the point where my wife says, you are not wearing those anymore. And then she comes in and I was like, literally, I was like, oh my goodness. But she's like, I found a solution. I found new shorts for you. They were the same shorts, the same size, but brand new. But Jesus was trying to say this. He's trying to say that in our lives at times, right, we cannot have this old thinking, right? Here I have these old shorts, and I take a patch to put on my old shorts thinking that it's going to make it better. And he says you can't take something new and attach it to something old. It doesn't work that way. And I think what's interesting interesting is that sometimes in our life, that's what we think. We have stuff, we have holes in our lives. And so what we do is we think the best thing to do is a patch. But can I just tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, God and Jesus sent his son, not so to give you a patch or a bandaid. Jesus came to give you a whole new garment to wear. He wants you to be, have a whole new garment. He didn't come to put a bandaid on your life. He came to give you a whole new life. Can I hear a good amen? God is not into band-aids. God is into total healing, complete making you well. But we will settle for a patch, right? And God has so much more. And he's saying, your old thinking is not going to go with the new way of living that I have for you. Come on, this is good. But we miss out on the new because of our old way of thinking. And Jesus was bringing grace to them. Jesus was bringing a whole new life to them. But you know what? If you don't change your mind, you're not going to receive everything that God has for you. And so Jesus is saying your old way of thinking is going to rob you from all the new growth that I have for you. Put this in my notes. People who are married to the past can embrace the future. People who are married, can you, uh, that's not that, um, that's not that, thank you. Um, people who are married to the past can embrace the future. Listen, you can't put new ideas in an old mindset. You can't put and get new results from old behavior. 
some of us, we want the new, but we don't want to change the old. We don't want to change the old behavior. Do you remember the children of Israel? They prayed. They prayed that God would deliver them from Egypt. I mean, they were in Egypt for 400 years praying. I mean, slaves for 400 years. And God totally delivered them. I mean, totally. When they came out, they actually had silver and gold. They asked the Egyptians for silver and gold. When they came out, they actually, the Bible says, were not even feeble. They were all well. None of them were sick. And they all had gold and silver. Come on, that is a coming out party. I'm coming out. I want the world to. You're my people. They came out. I'm serious. God answered their prayer, right? He answered their prayer. And then what happens? I mean, literally, watch this. He splits the Red Sea for them. He has this whole new life plan for them. He has a whole new territory for them to occupy. Watch this. See, because when God brings you out, he doesn't just bring you out of something. He actually brings you into something new. He doesn't just take you out of your old life. He brings you and gives you a whole new life. Can I hear a good amen? And so they come on the precipice of this promised land that, man, it's flowing with milk and honey. But then they find out that there's giants in the land. And ten spies were like, we can't do it. This is too hard. And on the journey, you know what they start saying? They start saying, we should go back to Egypt. You know, we should just die in Egypt. And what I find interesting is that God totally delivers them from Egypt. Watch. But they can't get the Egypt out of their thinking. They are on the precipice of something great, but oh, change is too hard. I don't know. Listen, there's giants in the land. Listen, my church family, it wasn't the giants in the land that caused them to go back or die in the wilderness. It was the giants in their mind that they couldn't defeat. That when they looked at the land and they saw giants, they wanted to be a slave again rather than change. And so they died, right? Millions of people, except Joshua and Caleb, right? Caleb died in the wilderness. Why? Because they could not change their mind. They have a slave mentality that they could not get beyond, even with all the miracles. Come on, somebody say change. It's interesting how we pray for change, but then we hold on to the old, right? Lord, change my marriage. And it's funny. A lot of times we change my husband, Lord. But sometimes God wants to change you. Lord, my, oh yeah, I didn't get any amends on that one. (laughs) Pastor Phil, sometimes it's them. Yeah. And sometimes it's you. Oh, I can't wait to start the relationship series. Sometimes it's you. And it's interesting how we pray for change, but we still want to act the same. Lord, help my finances. God says give. Nope. Oh, I want the blessing. Yeah, but you don't want to change. Somebody say it's time to change. It's time to change, right? So it's impossible to be future focused when you're past possessed. God has a future for you. Everybody look at me this morning. The future that God has for you is even better than what you've ever experienced even up until this point. 
And see, here's what happens. We are so stuck in the old mindset of the past that we forget that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or even imagine because we're so stuck in today or so stuck in yesterday. Oh, God, it's always been this way. No, it's time to change. God wants to do more. Listen, I'm so excited. I was thinking, and I don't know why I think this, and please still respect me after I tell you this, but um, I was thinking, you know, if I died today, I had such a great life. I was just thinking, I had, you know, this is a kind of weird thought, but I was like, man, I had such a great life. Like if I went to be in heaven, like I've done so many things in my life. I've been to other countries. I've seen miracles. I, I mean, I, I just, I'm just like, wow, I'm so blessed. And the Lord reminded me, he's like, I'm not done with you yet. And I'm like, really? There's more? Even after all you've done? Yes, there is more. I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine, but you got to change your mind. Well, I'm just happy how I am. Shh. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're stagnant. So you can't stay the same. You've got to grow. Come on, somebody say it's time to grow. So Jesus says, look, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. So God wants to give us a new garment. So he wants us to think different, not just take parts of our old thinking and add it to a new way. This is really good teaching this morning. I think I'm going to come back next week. And then he gives another illustration. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Jesus said, watch this. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Now, here's what you need to understand about wineskins. Wineskins were goat skins that were sewn together at the edges to form water, like a type of bag. So they were sewn together. It was a camel skin, right? And so he's saying nobody takes new wine and puts it into old wineskin. Now, here's what I want to tell you, my church family. God has new wine for you. Listen, God has new wine for you. God has new wine for your family. What is new wine? New wine simply represents grapes that have grown. New wine represents growth in your life. And Jesus wants us as his people to desire new wine, to desire growth. In my church family, he has new wine for us. Can we say a good amen? And I wonder, I wonder what your life would look like with some new wine in it. I wonder what, listen, your marriage would look like with some new wine in it. Come on, somebody. I wonder what your finances would look like with some new wine in it. But watch this. Jesus is only going to pour new wine into new wineskins. Jesus doesn't pour new wine into old wine skins. So what I need to do is I need to make sure that I am a new wine skin so Jesus can pour his new wine into my new wine skin. Can I hear a good amen? So that means my thinking has to change. My heart has to change. And here's the cool thing. Jesus is responsible for the new wine right? He's responsible for the new wine. My response is to be a new wine skin, ready for change, ready for him to say, 
you know what, God, just pour out in me. Pour in me. I want to be a new wineskin. How many of you can use some new wine? Come on. And with Jesus' wine, you can still drive on the streets. Come on. It's a new wine. So Jesus says this in Luke 5, 39. He says, no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new. For he says the old is better. So here Jesus is wanting to pour new wine out. But we're like, uh, I don't know if I like this new wine. I like the old. The old is better. What? The old is better. Why? Because change is not easy, right? It takes effort. It takes work to have change. No, I don't want to work. I don't want to stretch. This is my Mr. Bill voice. No, Mr. Bill. Some of you know who that is. Some of you can Google that. Now watch this. What happens to old wineskins? Old wineskins are dry. They're hard. They're stiff. They're worn out. And actually, um, they stay worn out because they don't have new wine in them. They never have new wine. So they stay like that. They stay tough. They're stiff. They're worn out. And you know what's interesting to me is that there's a lot of people who are, have just become old wineskins. And listen, my church friend, this has nothing to do with age. I'm not talking about a certain age group. I'm talking about people who refuse to change. When you refuse to change, you can become an old wineskin. Why is it easy to become an old wineskin? Just like my shorts, because we become comfortable. Because we become so comfortable that we become stiff. We become worn out. And in fact, you're not just comfortable, but if you would be honest with yourself, you've stagnated. You've stopped the process of growing. You've stopped growing. Listen, but we want the growth, but we don't want the new And Jesus was saying, if you're going to have the growth, if you're going to have everything that I have for you, you are going to have to change. Now, here's the good news. I did some research. An old wineskin can become new again. You want to know what the process is? The process is this. They take that old wineskin and they put it either in a well and they put it in water. Somebody say water. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. It says that God sanctifies and cleanses us with the washing of the word, right? So we get this word in our mind. We are renewed and transformed, right, by the renewing of our mind. So they take the wineskin and they put it in water for days and let it soak. Come on, let it get moisture. And then I love this. You know what they do? They take out that old wineskin and then they take oil. Do you know what oil represents? Oil represents the Holy Spirit. And so they take oil and they rub oil on the old wineskin. And why? Because that makes that wineskin pliable, soft again. And so they'll take the oil and they rub into it. See, you can become a new wineskin that Jesus will pour into if you will get into the word and change and renew your mind to the way Jesus thinks, but also Allow the Holy Spirit today to start to rub and work the oil of his anointing into your life. There's areas that he needs to rub into and work, and there's things in your life that he needs to rub out. Can I hear a good amen today? Right? Now, listen. This is what Jesus says. 
And I think we don't understand this. And as I close today, I want, I want you to understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that if you don't allow your, the Holy Spirit to make you a new wine skin, if you don't allow me to work in your life so you can become pliable, I will not pour out new wine in your life. Why, Pastor Phil? Because Jesus said, the wine skin will burst and the new wine will be wasted. God doesn't waste stuff. And you know what? God's purpose in your life is to bless you, not destroy you. All right, are you ready? I said, are you ready? Here we go. Pastor Phil, I'd love for God to uh, give me some new opportunities, you know, open some doors for me. Okay. So what's your schedule like? Are you available for God to use you? Oh, no, I'm busy. You know, to be honest, if we're really honest, I'm really stressed out right now because I'm so busy. Okay. So if God poured new wine of opportunities on your life, it would destroy you because you, listen, you have no time. Use me, Lord. I need to change. This world needs to change. California is going to hell in a handbag. It needs to change. And Lord, use me. Uh, do you have time to help set up, serve a church? No, I don't. Um, do you have time to talk to your friend, maybe take them to coffee, and maybe invite them to church? I don't have time. And you want God to pour new wine in you, but you don't have time for him to use you. And the truth is because your schedule is so whack and you're so stressed out, you think another opportunity that God is going to bring to your life is going to help you? No, it'll destroy you because stress already is killing you, right? Ah, I'm so stressed out. So what God says, if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and start making some changes and say, you know what, I need to, make, I need to change my schedule. I need to change, I need to put some time on my schedule for God to open some doors of opportunity for me, right? But he will pour in the new wine. He will give you new opportunities, but you've got to be a new wineskin. Can I go deeper? Oh, God, help me. I need more finances, God. I just, you know, just down. I'm broken. That's no joke. Lord, I need, okay. Lord, I need new wine. I just need new finances. All right. So, hypothetically, you make $50,000 a year, and you want God to pour new wine in your life because you need new finances. This is the way God thinks. If you're not faithful with what you have, you don't get more. You're stressed out making $50,000 a year and you don't honor God with that. And so he's gonna pour out a million dollars on you. If $50,000, if you can't manage $50,000 a year, what makes you think you can manage a blessing of a million dollars? But see, I want the new wine, but I don't wanna change. So you think, and can I just tell you as a pastor, I want you to grow today. Because this is what God does. When we become a new wineskin, there is change. There's a new mentality. If you're going to have a million dollars, you have to have a million-dollar mentality. 
Because the people who have million dollars but don't have a million dollar mindset can lose all of the million dollars and it's wasted. And God doesn't want to waste, right? God wants you to grow and be effective. He wants to pour new wine into your wine skin. Why? And here's what happens, right? When you pour new wine into the wine skin, the new wine actually expands. So if the wine skin is not ready to be expanded, it explodes, and then the new wine is wasted, and the wine skin is destroyed. So God needs somebody who is pliable, who is soft in heart to be able to change their thinking, change their mindset, to have a new mindset. So what will happen is, do you think God's going to give you a million dollars and destroy your life when he knows right now you can't handle 50,000? See, people tell me all the time, when I have more money, then I will tithe. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, 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 I I will. No, you won't. No, you won't. How do you know? Because I know. I talk with people. Oh, man, you know, Pastor Phil, I just, I need it. And then all of a sudden they get a promotion. Oh, I got a promotion at work. Are you going to honor God with that promotion? No, I'm not going to honor God with that promotion. Until I get like $70,000. No, if you can't give a dollar off of 10, listen, you're not going to give 7,000 off of 70,000. If you can't write a check for 10 bucks off 100, you're never going to honor God. Listen, with 7,000 off of 70, it just doesn't work that way. But if you grow, how do you grow? You start right where you're at, right now, right now. You take, and when God gives you, you say, God, I'm going to honor you with a tenth. What does that mean? A tenth to God means all. He's not asking for 100. He's asking for 10. And if you will honor him where you are at, guess what? Your wineskin is starting to be pliable. Your wineskin is starting to grow, right? And then he can pour some new wine into you. One last example. Let me pick on the single people. God, I want new wine. Oh, Jesus, give me some of that. That's the new wine right there, Jesus. Sitting in the second row. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I want to be new wineskins, Jesus. So you're going to get married and help take care of someone else when you can't even take care of yourself? So God's going to, God's going to, they may be a blessing for you, but you may be a curse to them. Right? I can't even take care of me. Oh, but if you'll come into my life, be that new wine, guess what will happen? Not only will you get hurt, but you'll lose the relationship because you've got to be able to grow to a point, right? Be pliable and have new thinking to be able to take care of yourself before you could help take care of another person. Can I hear a good amen? And so we grow. And as we grow, God will bring you the person that you need at the right time when you're ready. Can I hear a good amen? But we want the new, but we don't want to change. And Jesus is like, I can't pour out the new wine until you become a new wineskin. And my church family, can I just tell you, God is ready. Jesus is ready to pour out the new wine in your life. But are you a new wineskin? Are you pliable? Will you let the Holy Spirit work in your life so you can grow? Come on, everybody say grow. 
so you can be pliable, so you can expand? Will you allow the word of God to give you a new mindset? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to rub the oil of his anointing in your life? Why? So you can become a new wineskin and Jesus can pour out the new growth that he has for your life. Come on, somebody, if you believe it. Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause today. Would you stand? Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. Did you learn something today? Come on, say, I want to be a new wineskin. Say, I want to be a new wineskin. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? I want to pray for people today that want to become a new wineskin. I want to pray for people that say, God, God, there's more for my life, and you know it. I want people that say, God, I, I don't want to be stiff. I don't want to be tough. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be old and crusty like an old wineskin. I want rub your oil on me today. Come on, if you want to be a new wineskin, would you just lift your hands right where you are? Right where you are. Come on, just lift your hands right where you are. Say, I want to be a new wineskin. I want to be a new wineskin. I want to be a new wineskin. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.